0: Today's Hope FM Breakfast Show is brought to you by Ace Office. For business supplies and office furnishing, visit ace-office.co.uk. And joining us this morning on Hope FM as our special guest, Barbara Garner. Good morning, Barbara.
1: Good morning, Ian.
0: Uh, nice to be able to catch you this morning. Uh, now, we're going to be talking about lots of things, uh, but I was really interested to learn that you were raised on a farm. So what was that like?
1: Oh uh, well, it was busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I had lots of brothers and sisters, so it was very quiet and very busy. So I was raised late fifties and sixties. So we were quite in the middle of nowhere. Certainly a different experience from London, where I ended up. That's true. Uh,
0: so, so whereabouts was this farm?
1: It's in a place called the Trough of Boland, a very tiny village called Chipping.
0: Where's that? My <laughs> geography's not that great. <laughs>
1: I think south east of the Lake District. In oh the, yes in the Lancashire.
0: Oh All right, I like the Lake District. It's a beautiful place.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's basically it's southeast of the Lake District. The the only difficulty with it of course, it's very beautiful because it rains a lot.
0: <laughs> well, we haven't had much of that. I'm sure that they will be desperately wanting that up that area of the country. Especially the farmers, I would have thought.
1: Yes. Well, no one in our family are in farming anymore. We've all done different things. Uh,
0: Well, you escaped the countryside and headed to London to study law. So, why law?
1: Because I had a bit of a car crash of a late teen years. My parents, in fact, separated for quite some time, and I was the eldest, and doing my A-levels, and my mother had... Uh, three other children and literally there was nowhere for me to go and I ended up on other people's sofas then in a bed sit with no bed on the sofa <laughs> and then I ended up sadly well it's great I have a son but I ended up unexpectedly um, pregnant and I had to kind of get my way out of it so I had to do my A-levels at night school originally I wanted to go to university and read English but I thought, well, I better have a serious job as I have my son to support. And that's why I I read law and then I uh, studied for the bar.
0: So, okay, so you you did a law degree, studied for the bar. What ways did you use that law background once you got into it?
1: Well, I started uh, working for the Free Legal Information Service, which was going then to provide legal advice for people who couldn't afford it. And I started doing that in Fulham. Not that my life was very glamorous. I was actually living in a studio flat with my son because that's all I could afford. And I was in my mid-twenties. And then I tried to get pupillage and that didn't work out simply because in those days, pupillages were not paid. So I wrote to the European Law Center and said, I'm really smart and I need a job and I think you should hire me. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that's actually what I did. Nothing
0: like selling yourself, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that must have been quite tough, practicing law and looking after a young child as well and in London.
1: It was tough. I never had any... I was constantly broke. I was constantly broke. Um, Yeah, it was tough. But when you're young, I think you can pretty much do anything you put your mind to. And I wasn't seeing my parents up in Lancashire very much. I think the worst bit, I was quite alone. That's what I would remember from it. Because in those days, and I'm talking about the early 80s, mid-80s, I don't know if any of your readers will remember, there was a film called Kathy Come Home.
0: Oh yes, I remember and that. And
1: Hayley Mills, and it was a bit like that because in those days, certainly a middle-class girl with a baby, nobody wanted to know you, or at least other middle-class families, you were very much looked down upon. Very much looked down upon, and that that was tough. That was tough, that toughened me up,
0: yeah. So you, you worked helping the people who couldn't afford to have lawyers and so on, but, but I presume that your career developed really from that as well. What, what other things did you used to take on?
1: Uh, well, when I was small, I suppose I used to rescue things, like small animals and things haven't changed much. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I always say people's character fundamentally doesn't change, so I would be the kind of person who'd taken the duckling with a broken wing, who, you know, farmers in those days would have knocked it over the head with a brick, which would probably have been the sensible thing to do. But I'd try and rescue it. And I, I think I've done that pretty much all my life. And I became interested in politics for, for a different reason, to, to change things for women.
0: Uh so you you were you ended up really a campaigner and and obviously women's issues were were part of that. It must have been quite tough even for a woman in a modern society to be able to do some of the things that you you were doing. So tell us about that.
1: Well it started because I found myself in a very difficult relationship that was partly a gaslighting relationship and partly a violent relationship, for four years in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And I left this person twice and I realised at that point I had nowhere to go. And I was working in a serious job in an investment bank. And yet at that time, I didn't have a key to my own front door. This sounds terrible when I'm saying it, but it's true. I was allowed out in the morning to go to work and allowed back in in the evening. And when I finally managed to leave, it uh, honed my intention to do something about the loss of women because as I thought, I felt I had nobody to speak to and um, nowhere to go. Then God help everybody else. So that's when I determined to work in some way in politics and to change things when I could and when I had the opportunity to make things better for women. And that's what I've tried to do ever since. This is Hope FM.
0: And, of course, that was the beautiful hymn, Amazing Grace, written by John Newton and recorded there by Judy Collins and requested this morning by our special guest, Barbara Gorner. So, Barbara, you've been talking about being in a difficult relationship which you escaped. It sort of inspired you to become a campaigner uh, for women's rights. Um, and then one interesting story is that you got to renovate a place called Dorset Hall. So, how does that connect up?
1: Well, I was very interested in the suffragettes, and I did a lot of work in Westminster and made a short documentary because I've made about a dozen pieces of work documentaries, film, and so on in the last 15, 17 years. And as I kept driving past this building, I noticed it was very dilapidated and there was a sign half off that said Dorset Hall. So I was very curious, went in to have a look at it. And I could see through French windows at the back. It had been occupied by squatters, etc., etc. Nobody was looking after it. Um, it's a grade two listed building, about the size of a rectory. So
0: and for I for out who owned it. And for listeners, just remind us where Dorset Hall is.
1: Dorset Hall is on Kingston Road, um, Merton, which is near Collier's Wood and between Collier's Wood and Wimbledon in London. And it was the home of Rose Lam- Lamartine Yates, who was a suffragette. And she used the home as a place of succour and respite for women who'd been released from prison after force feeding when they were fighting for the vote. And I felt that the house should not be left in this condition and should be restored uh, because it was an important place, pilgrimage for women.
0: And so it was a place and, uh, of respite, really, for these people that yes. come out of prison, yes.
1: Yes, yes. But also as an important place of the fight for the vote. She used to make speeches and she used to gather crowds of thousands and thousands on Wimbledon Common, and devoted her life to looking after others. And that's why I built a small group and decided to save this house. We have repaired it. We pushed the owners. Pushed is a very polite word. Bullied, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> the, owners to, the owners to repair the roof because it was raining in and that took a year. We were working through lockdown and I actually hired a drone and took pictures of the roof and sent it to the owners and said you've got a duty to repair this because my first job save the house then work out what we do with it because I don't want it turned into flats and knocked down that oh, would no. be the wrong thing to do so that's where we are, we have a committee I've got the national bust involved there are lots of other people, it's not just me, I would say we've probably got a team overall now of 12 to 15 people working out what we can do this house uh, with, and we're currently undergoing an options appraisal by the National Trust and others. So, so far, it's worked out quite well. So, it's kind of watch this space.
0: Are you optimistic that um, it will eventually get put back into its original form?
1: It's not in bad condition because it was used for homeless people until 2016. Apart from obviously the roof needing 300,000 spending on it, which is quite a big number. Mm -hmm. The rest of it is is reasonably sound. I have been inside the building and we're hoping to turn it into a well-woman centre or a place for women's mental health where they can go and get advice.
0: Sounds a great project. So you've been involved in all those sorts of things. What would you say is your passion in life?
1: My passion is probably to push others to have courage to take steps to do something because it just takes one person and then others will follow. And if I'm allowed to say my second passion is truth because I think without truth, you have nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's really important to me, to be truthful. And to encourage others to be truthful, we have so much fake news and obfuscation, and frankly, downright lies from a lot of people. And I think if if we didn't, the world would be a lot better place. This is Hope FM.